Bible Interact is a group of Bible scholars and biblical archaeologists who promote the Hebraic nature of Scripture and view the two Testaments as one unified message. They explain how they use a first-century approach to searching the Scriptures, and they share their methods and discoveries for discussion and dialogue. They invite your comments and participation on BibleInteract.tv, where you can also find more teachings, self-study quizzes, webinars, and interviews. Shalom, I'm Dr. Diana Dye with Foundations in Torah and Bible Interact TV. Welcome to this series of programs called The Fig Tree. Last time was uh, session number one. I introduced the whole concept of the fig tree as it's related to the kingdom of heaven. We also talked about how the fig tree is connected to uh, the messianic kingdom, to Israel, to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, all these various aspects. So we're going to continue on today. I want to encourage you, though, to go to Bible Interact TV. We've got lots of great teaching there. And uh, anything your heart desires, lots of scholars are connected to Bible Interact Presents, Bible Interact TV, and so you can pick up a lot of great studies there. And also at my own website, Foundations in Torah, uh, you can join and become a member and get all kinds of good teaching, videos, audios. I have a study program there as well as uh, I send out newsletters each week. This year I'm doing something a little bit different Uh, The newsletter is going to contain something I call Temple Tidbits, in which I take whatever the Torah portion is for that week and show you how it applies to something in the temple, whether it's a service or dealing with the priesthood or a ceremony of some kind, because I really believe it's important for people to start learning as much as they can about the temple. So anyways, uh, as I said, we were talking about the fig tree. I gave you a lot of information last week. I'd encourage you to uh, listen to it again if you need to build on that foundation. And so the fig tree, as the sages thought, was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I talked about the fact that when one came under the shelter of a tree, and trees were metaphors for people, it was though one was coming under the the sovereignty uh, of their king, of their leader, of their ruler. So coming under the shelter, if you will, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam and Chava were coming under the shelter of that sovereign. And so later the fig tree will kind of turn into something a little different for us. But I thought I would in this particular session talk more about the physical traits of the fig tree because the pattern of the physical traits really relates to the pattern of the believers in the kingdom, and it, it's really quite remarkable. I began talking about it last week, so I'll just kind of go over what I was saying. Um, the It's the Egyptian sycamore with an O, not an A, and uh, that's anciently what it was called. The fig tree and the fruit have the same name, which is actually te'ena in Hebrew. And te'ena in its very root form means a a male searching out a female for reproducing. So already we have contained in this tree something about the reproducing, like as the kingdom, as any kingdom would reproduce. And the concept of being fruitful and multiplying. So we mentioned last time as well, something I think is kind of important now, this is a metaphor. Uh, I'm not, this isn't sort of the literal meaning, but as a metaphor, it talked about Hava that she took and she ate. And this idea of taking and eating has something to do with marriage, being taken in marriage as a betrothal, and then eating 
uh, hinted at the full stage of marriage. You can see this uh, in the book of Ruth, in uh, Ruth chapter 4. She took and she ate and she had some left over. These are all terms that have to do with the uh, the physical age in which we live in, the future age to come, the present age, olam hazeh, the future age, olam haba, and this idea of marriage being betrothed, and uh, the time in between the betrothal until the full stage of marriage, which would take place <clears throat> at the time of the olam haba. So we have something of that, the, the marriage relationship, the bearing of fruit, fruit coming forth, and seed being in the new fruit, and then the generations continuing on. This is all kind of connected to this idea of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As I mentioned, I believe I mentioned last time that the uh, Latin term ficus carica, the tree goes back to Asia Minor, and somewhere probably about a thousand years before Moshe, even Moses. It was a, a very sweet fig fruit at the time. It could handle colder temperatures, that's the ficus carica, and it's well known that figs were high in protein and carbohydrates. Uh, They were a great fruit for a long journey, especially dried figs. The ficus uh, sycamorus was not as sweet as the carica, and this is what we get, the term we get, the common fig. It is from East Central Africa, and when it came to the warmer climates of Israel, it came without the pollinating fig wasp. We're going to talk about that in just a second because this is very important. The fig wasp was the way that this particular tree was pollinated. And the fig wasp is this tiny, tiny, tiny wasp. And So here you have this giant tree and this tiny wasp that was the pollinator for the tree. The sycamore uh, grew in abundance in the lowlands and plains of Israel. You can read in 1 Kings 10.27, talks about Solomon making cedars of Lebanon as abundant as the sycamores were in the Shephelah. So we know that uh, the, fi- the sycamore tree was there. The, the early ripe fig crop is the one, that's the first crop in the spring. And this crop would come on the previous season's wood growth. And these figs would begin to form around the time of Passover. So by Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks, the first ripe figs were ready. And these early ripe figs were, at, were an absolute delicacy. They were speci- especially known for their sweetness. And the, they, would, they would be ready to be picked And at this time before even the leaves appeared. So they're what we call the first fruits. And the final crop would come later in the summer on the current season's new wood. So this was on the wood, the previous season's wood, we'd have this delicacy, these first fruits. These first fruits were unique in their sanctity. They were declared holy, set apart, and separated unto God. And remember, they were, the first fruits were to be uh, carried up to Jerusalem, to the temple. The figs were uh, dried on by the sun and on roofs in, in the land, and the dried fruit would become very sweet in the process. And those of you who have eaten uh, dried figs, there's nothing sweeter really than dried figs. But they would be brought to Jerusalem in baskets, again presented at the temple. Now, I personally couldn't help but see sort of a connection here. You think about the image of Yeshua and how this the fruit was dried. And in the process, what happens is the fleshy part of the fruit is removed. And think of Yeshua the Messiah, the image of him coming in the flesh. 
and a picture of his resurrection in which the flesh, if you will, is removed by the heat of the sun. And so what is left is the, the body incorruptible and sweet. Fresh figs uh, do not keep very well. They, they don't last long. And so it's key that they are dry. The drying, pro- drying process really makes for a delicious sweet fruit. And that fruit can store well for very long periods of time. So I couldn't help but see a relationship between that and the believer. Uh, once redeemed and we come, become a sweet fruit, if you will, we, uh, we store well in the earth. That is, we store well in the, in the grave. And so at the time of the resurrection, we will be raised up. Again, that picture of our flesh being removed and the body uh, waiting for resurrection. The, again, the early fruit was very easy to recognize because there weren't any leaves. The, the leaves of the fig tree are large and green, very tropical looking. And they would not completely form until later. And of course, once they began to form and, and, and burst out and the fruit is green, then at that point you really couldn't tell the fig fruit from the leaves. The fruit would ripen over a long period of time on the tree so that the fig tree itself would have fruit in varying stages of ripeness. So the fruit was not already at the same time. So you had green waiting to ripen. You had already ripened ones that were turning a dark color in the springtime. And this certainly connects us to the kingdom because those of us in the kingdom are all, we're not all ready at the same time. As though we're in various stages of ripeness as well. So we are in the process of being completely restored. The kingdom is in the process of being completely restored. And this takes time. The figs uh, must be allowed to ripen fully on the tree before they're picked. Uh, You can't pick them when they're immature because they won't ripen unless they are on the tree. So think of that in relationship to the Messiah and believers. We have to stay attached to our Messiah, don't we, if we're going to mature. And so uh, if they're immature, the figs are, and they're green and unripe, they will and they're detached from the tree, they will never ripen. And ultimately, that green, unripe, immature fruit will fall to the ground, and it will be useless. It won't, it's not a fig you want to eat. So in a sense, the same thing can happen to believers if we are not attached to our Messiah, uh, if we are not in him, attached to the vine, then we won't fulfill our own destiny either. We'll just fall to the ground and uh, ultimately be destroyed, never be fruit that's, that's worth eating. Now, as I mentioned, the leaves, uh, the leaves of the tree, once they leaf out, these, these leaves are gigantic. And, and again, they easily hide the green fruit, uh, excuse me, the fig fruit. Uh, the fig leaves are very bright green. And they are the summer foliage, beautiful tropical, and of course would provide abundance of shade in the summertime, the hot summer months. But again, you had to wait until harvest time to be able to clearly identify the fruit as it changed color and as it ripened and matured. So the bad, when we're talking about the bad fruit, which we will in uh, Jeremiah later on, but the bad fruit is the one that remains green and never ripens, never fulfills its destiny. The good fruit, on the other hand, changes colors and has a very sweet taste. So it's sort of a similar thing as the wheat and the tares, that you can't really identify the wheat uh, 
from the tares until the time of the final harvest. And it's really the same with the figs. You can't really tell which is going to be uh, harvested until the time of the end. So the idea is that they would grow together, and then it, as the fig began to ripen and turn color, then, of course, it would be easy to identify the figs on the tree. So if the figs were turning a dark color, they would be obvious and compared to those bright, large green leaves. But again, it's waiting till the final harvest to separate who is in the kingdom and who isn't. Another interesting feature of the leaves is that they contain a milky, sticky latex substance. And this sticky latex substance was very irritating to human skin. And I couldn't help but see the relationship to the Torah, which is often compared to milk, and how the Torah is an irritant to the flesh, is it not? Uh, the flesh does not like some of the, uh, the commandments of God, some of the rulings of the Torah. But at the same time, it is nourishing to the spirit. So this milk that's an irritant to human skin is nourishing to the spirit. Now, in speaking of the branches, uh, normally with a fig tree, uh, the offshoots are not used to cultivate new trees. The new trees come from the cuttings of the branches, actual cuttings. It's kind of like believers. Are, we are the branches, of course, and uh, we produce new life, but we come from the cuttings and not from the offshoots. It is said that the offshoots of the fig tree wither very quickly, and then when you cut them, they die and don't produce. So we don't want to be offshoots. We want to be cuttings from the branches. What did Yeshua say in John 15? I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever stays united with me are the ones who will bear an abundance of fruit. Now, I found this also very compelling. This is from the Tosefta, Shiva'it 3, 14 through 15. The building materials or um, wood used to, to const for construction would come from the, the sycamore fig. And in Tosefta Shavit, it says there are three kinds of virgins, a virgin girl, a virgin soil, and a virgin sycamore or a fig tree. The virgin soil was any soil that had never been worked. And so the virgin tree was any tree that had never been cut back. And this was the key to using the sycamore tree in construction. So to get as many construction beams, if you will, as possible from one sycamore, they would cut down a virgin sycamore tree, one that had never been cut down before. That was key. And they would wait for a virgin sycamore, that it would be one that developed a very good-sized trunk. And uh, so the new they would cut that, and new limbs would grow, which would be used for building material. And then another generation of new limbs would grow out of that recut stump sycamore. And uh, they would use the building They would use these beams, these cut wood for building materials after the tree had grown six years, which is another very interesting connection. So again, we, we talked about believers are like the branches. We're like the building materials for the kingdom as we function as branches. We are the building material to build the house, that is the, the spiritual house. And, of course, they used building materials, uh, wood to use in the tabernacle. And uh, again, they're produced from the virgin stump, which to me reminds me of the Messiah. So it's said in some of these rabbinic writings that it, in the seventh year, it was forbidden to cut down sycamores because that was considered work. 
This is from the Bereshit Rabbah. It says, As the days of a tree shall be the days of my people, like this sycamore that survives in the earth for 600 years. So again, you see that the, the ancients, the rabbis, even made a connection then between the sycamore and the days of, of, of their people being 600 years. So now if we think about it in terms of the 7,000-year plan of God, you know, each uh, for 1,000 years is as a day in the kingdom. So we have the 7,000 year plan of God, the history of all mankind. Can you see the sort of seventh year picture and the time of the messianic kingdom? This is the time of rest, the time that the work of the kingdom is complete. And so it's saying that the, the sycamore would survive in the earth for 600 years. Kind of a hint there to the resurrection of the dead, us being in the earth 600, 6,000 years, and then the seventh year, the 7,000 year, we would all be raised up from the dead. Uh, Tosef de Shavit also says that fig trees were considered saplings or immature until they were six years old, and they were declared mature in the seventh year. So looking again at the kingdom, for 6,000 years we are immature, if you will, and in the seventh year we will be raised up mature in the kingdom. Another interesting interesting thing they would do was they would want to keep the sapling straight. And uh, so they would wrap it or bind it. And that being that wrapping was removed in the seventh year. So if we kind of think about ourselves as uh, the Lord wants us to be straight and upright. And we are, in a sense, in the flesh. So we are bound by that for seven uh, for 6,000 years, and then in the seventh year, the binding, if you will, is removed, and uh, we are upright and righteous before God, sealed in our righteousness. It's certainly an interesting connection then and picture of the people of God being bound in the flesh, but then removed out of the flesh in the seventh thousand year, the time of the, me- of the resurrection, it's the time of our release, our resurrection, the messianic kingdom, when we are sealed in our uprightness. And we are declared righteous at Sadiq. The roots are amazing in the fig tree. They have great powers of uh, restoration, regeneration. It's, I can see another connection there with the resurrection. It's said that the fig tree itself could survive under the earth for long periods of time until conditions were such that new growth could be produced. So you could literally cut that baby down and uh, over time, and when the conditions were right, new growth would come forth out of the stump. And so again, you see the picture of the regeneration of the rebirth of the people. And, and certainly there's a relationship between Israel and the, and the fig tree because Israel's waxing and waning and life and the father and in and out of the, uh, the land certainly goes along with the character qualities of the fig tree. So as they come out of exile and, and etc., uh, this is sort of, we see this as a rebirth and uh, a regeneration of the people of Israel. The tree itself could, as I said, literally be chopped down to the ground and then restore itself by producing new limbs. And often fig plants that have been killed and, and had been cut right back will re-sprout, and they will re-sprout from the root. And as I said, that'll certainly, uh, I, I hope you're thinking of Matthew 11 in terms of the tree that Yeshua cursed, and we'll explain more about that in another program. 
So think of it, if in fact the tree of the fig tree represented the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, was it that Yeshua, when he cursed that tree, was getting rid of that kingdom that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represented, the kingdom of the enemy, the kingdom of Hasatan? It was also said that uh, if the wind, for example, would expose the roots, the roots would literally fasten themselves deeper in to protect the tree. So really, it, this is one of the most amazing aspects of the, of the sycamore tree is this regenerative, restor restorative power. Another thing that was very interesting about the tree has to do with the fertilization. There's a special word, it's called parthenocarpy. And the female trees had this particular gene. Now, I mentioned before they needed the fig wasp in order to pollinate. And the fig wasp was really the size of a human mole. The sycamore, when it moved from Africa to the Middle East, apparently the fig wasp did not go with it. So they had to figure out a way to make the tree uh, bring forth fruit without being it being fertilized by the fig wasp. And this process of parthenocarpy allowed the tree to retain their developing figs to maturity even though they hadn't been pollinated and they didn't have any seed. So anciently, again, the trees were propagated by cuttings and they didn't contain the seeds. So the early farmers learned how to induce production of the fruit without fertilization. And so this is what they did. It's just fascinating. The young fruit were pierced with a knife so that it would encourage their ripening. The fruit was then, it was basically pierced and gashed, and then it was oiled, and that allowed the fertilization process. And then the fierce fruit, uh, pierced fruit, excuse me, would bleed, and the sap would help in the ripening process. And at the same time, it would release a gas, and this would have a sweet odor. And so the gashed figs produced um, ethylene gas, and that would hasten the ripening process. So can you see a wonderful image here of the Messiah as the fig fruit who was pierced for our transgressions? And then the sap, the shed blood, came forth for our redemption. That this fruit was oiled for burial. And then it was gashed and the ripening process came forth by this gas being released, the ethylene gas. As Can you see that as a connection then to the Holy Spirit? And it was said that within three to four days of the piercing and the oiling, is when this uh, the gas uh, would cause the the fruit to be ripened. So this the hard green fruit of the fig fruit called the saconia would enlarge and it would become sweet and fleshy. And I I think it's just a really compelling picture of the resurrection of the dead. So these are all the various aspects of the tr of the fig tree, the character qualities, looking at the branches and the roots and the leaves and the fruit itself, and talking about the fertilization of the of the tree, all have wonderful pictures uh, and are really it's a really a wonderful metaphor for uh, the kingdom and for the believer and and certainly what Yeshua accomplished. And um, I mentioned at the end of the age was the time we could identify the fig fruit. And if you think about Matthew 24, 32 through 33, now let the fig tree teach you its lesson. When its branches begin to sprout and leaves appear, you know that summer is approaching. In the same way, when you see all these things, you are to know that the time is near right at the door. The Hebrew word here for summer is kaitz. But it has its root in the Hebrew word katsah, which means end. And you might recognize miketz, which is in Genesis, one of the Torah portions. And so this is uh, connects to Amos talking about, Amos 8.1, talking of, 
About in front of me is a basket of summer fruit. The end has come for my people. So a kind of a connection there. And the reason it connects is because in Amos 7.14, it talks about him being a gatherer of sycamore. And it was more likely that what Amos was, was a piercer of sycamore fruit. Now, this particular process is not done today because it's much too labor intensive. So is something being communicated by that basket of summer fruit that the end has come? And that Amos was actually the piercer, this process of parthenocarpy that brought forth, caused the uh, fruit to be mature. So again, I, I can't, I'm compelled to, sh- to share because I see all these wonderful connections between the fig tree and the kingdom of heaven and the believer in the kingdom and all the different aspects. Now next time we're going to talk about the fig tree and the fig itself as being a forbidden fruit. And uh, we're going to deal with the sort of flesh of the fruit, etc., and the fruit of the first three years. So I look forward to uh, seeing you next time, and I hope you can, uh, I hope this has really changed your thinking about the fig tree. And so Shalom from Foundations and Torah and Bible Interact TV. Check out both of those sites. And again, I'll see you next time. Shalom.